Welcome to Christ Church Anglican. We hope that you are blessed by today's sermon. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning again, everybody. It is amazing how much things have changed in 2,600 years since Zephaniah spoke, in 2,000 years since John the Baptist spoke. We have cell phones now. How different things are, and yet how hauntingly, how gut-wrenchingly are things not any different. For as it has been said by Ecclesiastes, there is nothing new under the sun. Zephaniah and John the Baptist spoke very pointedly to their world's problems and the root cause of the problems in their world that turn out to be, even though we have folding cell phones, the root of our world's problems today unchanged, that being the pushing aside of God's values, the ignoring of God's commands and hopes and yearnings for us to honor His values of life and charity and compassion and love, to actually follow His commands. So Zephaniah, in our Old Testament reading prophesied about the one central fact of Christianity that differentiates it from all other religions, all other philosophies, saying, don't be afraid, fear not, rejoice. That other side of the old-time religion that John hammered in on John was saying, be scared, right? Zephaniah was saying, rejoice. Both sides of the same coin for many of us. Don't be afraid, fear not, rejoice, because the Lord God is in your midst. Really, coming physically, prophesying the coming of Christ, the sacrifice of God Himself, the ultimate sacrifice coming down to be with us and show us the way because it is obviously so difficult for us to really consistently value and honor God's commands and instructions. The Lord God is in your midst. A mighty one who will save, do for us what we cannot do ourselves. This is the one great difference that God offers our world, different from any other religion, any other philosophy, any other basis of faith. His real presence. His physical coming in Jesus to show us the way because we struggle so much 
And of course, God's coming is not just revolutionary in that physical sense. It's revolutionary in that he continues to come. He was always coming through prophecy, through works of miraculous power, through Jesus's physical presence, and still coming spiritually through the prompting and voice of the Holy Spirit in our hearts so that we have a chance, have an opportunity to live out, to live by those godly values of compassion, charity, and love. And then there's going to be that second and final coming that John the Baptist heralded. The tough side, that winnowing fork of judgment, the beautiful side to unite all things, all people in truth, love, and compassion. This is the kernel, the unique, the terminally always unique thing that Christ offers the world. And it wasn't just, it isn't just a coming to affirm and shore up the successful. No. Note Zephaniah said, it is for the lame, for the outcast. That's those in special need, right? Those who were handicapped with physical deformity or leprosy or disease or possession in his time or the millions mired in poverty in his time or the millions mired in poverty in our time for those who are handicapped by disease, by fear, by oppression this day, and for those of us who have been hobbled and handicapped by our own sin, in that sense, we are the lame. We have been outcast by some of our own actions, and yet God responds with compassion. This free and undeserved offer of compassion is supposed to change us. It is supposed to change our minds, the way we think, our hearts, the way we feel and respond. It is supposed to change our words and our actions. That's exactly what St. Paul was saying to Christians in Laodicea in our New Testament reading, and exactly what he is saying to Christians in Midland, Texas today, because remember, we have cell phones, but the problem hasn't changed. The need hasn't changed. Our inability hasn't changed. He wrote, God's purpose is that you may be encouraged in heart and united in love 
so that you may have, get this, the full riches of complete understanding, the riches of Christ in whom is hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Isn't that full wisdom and encouragement and affirmation what we have all sought in our lives in so many ways? We seek it through financial security. We seek it through relationship. We seek it through cutting corners. We seek it by doing too much of a good thing. The fact is, God wants us to have and offers us all of that encouragement, all of that wisdom. And get this, as Sarah Young said in Jesus Calling this week, he wants you to enjoy the journey. It's like my friend Scott, who is a woodworker, creating these beautiful wooden bowls. The joy of it is not just in the project, not just in the product, the outcome, it's in the creation of it. It's in the skill building, it's in the practice of it, which we'll get to in a moment. Enjoying the journey. And as usual, this revolutionary coming of God that Zephaniah spoke to so pointedly that is the great difference between Christianity and every other mindset, every other philosophy that the world has to offer. It's about much more than just personal assurance, personal peace, personal future. In Sunday school today, we talked about the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, the Elizabeth Taylor of Samaria. She had been married a bunch of times. She was living with a guy. And she was rejected because of her sin. Surely rejected by her fellow ladies. And maybe rejected herself in her own heart conviction. But we talked this morning about that brazen way of standing up and of justifying her own experience. Jesus wanted to free her not only from this condemnation, this judgment, he also wanted to free her from this false brazen attitude. When he met her at the well, he didn't want to just give her the stagnant water that lay some 138 feet down, if historians are correct about which well this was. Can you imagine the work pulling up a bucket at a time, 138 feet? It was hard. And you didn't know what you were going to get. Jesus wanted to give her something else. This God in our midst, this physical presence of Christ, this ultimate sacrifice to do for us what we cannot do ourselves, wanted to give something more 
than just what she was seeking. Living waters. Living water. One of our esteemed geologists who shall remain nameless, but he might be here. His name is Herb Wacker. Way to go, Herb. Let's give Herb a round of applause. A week or two ago, pointed out in this Sunday school class that Jesus was using a specific geological terminology, right, Herb? Only a geologist would come up with this. That Jesus wanted to give not just still water, fresh enough perhaps with a few goat droppings in there, but something very unique, fresh, flowing, welling up, flowing out water, unquenchable, unstoppable from a spring. That is living water. You can see how entomology leads us to that idea that it's not just stagnant water, it's living. It is unquenchable. It is unstoppable. It is flowing out. This is the kind of wisdom and encouragement that Jesus wants to give us far more valuable, far more life-giving, far more effervescent and beautiful than what we think we want and need and by what we work so hard to bring up a bucket at a time from 138 feet down. This living water is the kind that bubbles up in our hearts and souls and minds, in our personalities, because we come to know and admit and accept that we were lame, that we were outcast, that the conviction we may feel in our hearts about certain things is right that we don't deserve to be affirmed and all successful because we, each of us, in our own way, have stumbled at various times. And yet, we were forgiven. We were saved. We were healed. And when you know this, when you know of this effervescent, unstoppable, unstopping, free-flowing love that continues to flow from Christ to you, you can't help but want to share it because it has changed your very life. God came down. God is here. Freeing, liberating, giving life where we, despite our best efforts, are unable to create it. There are many, many ways to share this living water. Sharing your own personal experience of change, of transformation. What it was like. What happened. What it's like now. God's love. Forgiveness the sense of freedom and liberation that just flows forth. One way 
is sharing that experience with somebody, inviting, asking someone, where, where are you with that on your spiritual journey? Sharing about it. Asking God together to, to show us that liberation. Or there's charity, like John the Baptist pointed out in his gospel reading. The idea, if you have two tunics, give one to the person in need. If you have food and they're hungry, feed them. Giving is good because it's that flowing of living water. It's good for us. It's good for the recipient. It's all good. If you're thinking about how to be a vessel, how to be a channel for this living water, charity, sharing your story, prayer, meals, tunics, whatever it may be, they all work. And they may be united by one motive. Think about a word or the word that comes to your heart and mind when you think about Jesus' attitude toward others. How did he look? What did he see and feel with anyone he encountered? I think one of those words, maybe the summary of many of them, is compassion. Compassion from the ancient thinking or feeling with or for. A devotional I read this week put it this way. In being compassionate, we release the resentments that eat at our hearts and souls. We can become so full of love and compassion that we cannot keep it bottled up inside. Compassion becomes healing light, shining through us to welcome and comfort friends and family and those in need. So this Christmas, you might be tempted to deliver the Zephaniah or John the Baptist zinger uh, to help convict a family member that you don't like. Or if you're anything like me, you may be all about bringing down fire and darn nation on those drivers in front of you. <laughs> but how about asking God to flower and blossom and generate this living water in you, in your heart, that feeling, that sense, that truth of your own liberation, your own freedom, that transformational good news that sometimes... Let's admit it, it, it takes some quiet time. It takes some intentionality to get back to and really get in touch with.
amidst all of the things going on in our world. But what about asking for that living water and giving me the opportunity, giving you the opportunity to share it, to love like Christ did, to love like Christ does, to love like Christ will. That's why we're here this morning. We're here to worship and say thank you and to be filled with living water, commissioned and sent forth with that final blessing to let it flow this Christmas. Let's pray. Father God, we, uh, we thank you for coming in the ways you have come as Zephaniah and John the Baptist pointed out so clearly to us. We thank you so much for the ways that you give us to be living water. We ask you to flow it out of us this Christmas. Amen. Hold on, Henry. <laughs> Henry was thinking, thank goodness this is over. We can move on. Let's get that Nicene Creed knocked out. <laughs> I'm with you, Henry. I'm with you. Three ways to do it. Three ways to do it. First, to knock out the creed. To knock, to knock out the creed, Henry says. No, Henry, to do the compassion thing. Our New Testament reading, we heard it. Paul said, with prayer and thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. We just prayed for that, right? We just asked for it. Something happened there spiritually. Let's let it be that we did something real and we can do it again we can ask again next second Paul said we need to do our part on the inside we need to make a contribution to this process he wrote in our New Testament reading whatever is true honorable just pure lovely commendable think about these things apparently even after we pray to God asking for his guidance his inspiration and opportunities to flow that living water forth we have to marshal our minds to think about those things that are true honorable just pure lovely commendable and finally, the third thing, Paul said, practice these things. Practice these things. Let your reasonableness, your charity, your love, your compassion, the irresistible effervescence that comes from being freed and saved, 
flow out. We ask God, we marshal our minds. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, feel free to visit us online at ccanglican.com. We hope you will join us again soon.